0: Hi, this is Kristen Cabrera, reporter-producer from the Texas Standard. One of the coolest things about working on the show is getting to tell stories from my community, like this one I did on high school UAL Mariachi. But you know, this is Texas. You'd be hard-pressed to go a week without hearing. Dun-dun! Listen anytime to the Texas Standard, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From KUT and KUTX Studios... Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from Austin R&B artist Maylot. But before I get started, I wanted to let you know that if you're coming to Austin for South by Southwest, you know, the huge interactive and film and music conference slash festival that takes over our fair city in early March... Well, if you're coming to town for South By, this song is going to be there. We're going to do a live taping of the podcast as part of the conference's podcast stage. It'll be on Thursday, March 15th, from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Wisteria Room at the fancy new Fairmont Hotel. I'll be talking to Minneapolis-based hip-hop artist and writer Dessa about life-changing music and her new record, Chime, which actually comes out this Friday. You should check it out. It's dope. It's dope. We've been playing her song Fire Drills here at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast. It's like this feminist jam that makes me rethink the way I'm raising my daughters in the best way. I can't wait to talk to her about music. And I hope you can join us. And now to Maylot. She's an Austin-based R&B artist who's been releasing music since 2014. She just put out her latest record, a collaboration with Jansport J called Move Me to The Present, which debuted at number nine on the iTunes R&B charts. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Austin is not exactly known as an R&B town. We have a lot of music, and we're kind of known for our genre stuff like Americana and blues, and people also know us by our indie rock, but R&B, not so much. But Maelot, she may change that. She's making music that isn't rooted in any past genre. It's modern. It's accessible. It has a cool experimental edge. And it's all anchored by her gorgeous voice. And here at KUTX, we're fans. So much so that we decided that Maelot should be our Artist of the Month for February. That means during this month... We're all about Maylot. We're playing her music a ton. She did a My KUTX guest DJ set and did a live performance in Studio 1A. If you head to the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org, you will find all of that Maylot goodness. I spoke to her recently, and she told me about not one, but two songs that shaped the music she makes now. Ella Fitzgerald's version of Misty and Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby. Two very different songs, but as you'll hear, they had kind of a similar effect.
0: So I've always loved, like, jazz music. Like, Ella Fitzgerald, she was great. I heard her, and I was like, this is awesome. Frank Sinatra, this is awesome. Nat King Cole, all of it. I was just like, there is just, like, that entire era of music. I think there's this classiness to it, but still a lot of fun and everything. But when I heard Misty by Ella Fitzgerald, I was like... The way she was able to put her emotions in that, it's just so, it was so emotional when I heard it for the first time. And I was like, and, and her notes are always just so like, they're right spot on. They're right where they need to be. And I, I don't know, it just hit me in my heartstrings.
2: Look at me, I'm as helpless as a kitten
0: Yeah, I just remember as soon as I heard it, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who it was. So I took the the few lyrics that I heard and I Googled it. I was so excited that it was Ella Fitzgerald because I think she herself was such an amazing artist. I mean, to be a black female artist at that time was hard to say the least. To to give it just, you know.
1: And she was a black female artist at like the top of the game.
0: Yeah. Like the absolute, like... And, I mean, there's this story that I think, like, shows how difficult it was for her and how much help she needed. She, she, So there was this club that opened up, and it was, like, where all the socialites, all the famous movie stars, everyone went there. And um, at that point, like, Ella Fitzgerald had only been playing small little jazz clubs, and Marilyn Monroe was like... I want this woman to play your club. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't want black artists. We don't want black female artists, especially to come play here. We don't do that here. And she was like, if you do it, I'll sit at the front row and get a table every night. She's there. And they were like, Marilyn Monroe at our club every single week to see this. Fine, fine. And you know, the photographers are there. Paparazzi was there. Everyone was there. And so that was actually Ella's big, big break. That is a great story because yeah. um I mean not only
1: does it show kind of what she was up against, which was like not no but hell no like she can't even yeah. come in the door. No. But yeah. it also is a nice story about one woman empowering Another Another woman. I love it. I love it. It it makes me like Marilyn Monroe a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Ella even was like, you know, she was ahead of her time and she didn't even know it by even just making that gesture. Because, of course, you know, (laughs) it was not easy for black people to do anything at that time. And it was just a bold move on on Marilyn's part as well. Well, it was a bold move on
1: Ella's part to go play a club like that. Because it would actually be like going into... Like they don't want me here; they want yeah.
0: Marilyn Monroe here. <laughs> exactly. So, so she sure. really had to prove herself. Yeah. Yeah. She had to prove her worth, and and she she very well did.
2: Walk my way, and a thousand violins begin to play, or it might be the sound of your. Hello. That music I hear, I get misty the moment you're near. But it sounds
1: like the thing about that song before you knew, before you were yeah. an Eleanor, before you knew who she was, was that you f- felt the song. Mm-hmm. Like, in a.
0: I thought it was really impressive how she conveyed the emotion through that song. I mean, she's just. I I don't know. It just seems like she's just singing it, but but it it's just right. I don't even know how to explain it. That's <laughs> I get so excited about this song. It's just it's right on the money with with the emotions and the intonations and the just everything about it is it it conveys that emotion of I'm so in love. Like I just I that floating in the air feeling but it's just it's so pure and it it just gets right to it and it it cut <laughs> right to me when i heard it
2: can't you see that you're leaving Were you
0: singing when you heard it at the time? Like were you singing or performing? I was in choir. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I guess I was I always loved singing. So like, but I would never really take the center stage position. Um but yeah, so I was I was singing in in choirs and stuff. I think I was probably in high school when I heard it for the first time.
1: But you weren't kind of doing your own solo singing. You no. were like I would love singing. It was a pipe dream. I really dream. love to be here with a lot of people. Yeah, cover me up. Cover me up. <laughs> I'm gonna blend very yeah. well. Yeah. Um. Did you kind of understand? Because I think in high school, like when you're in choir, mm-hmm. that's that for me. I'd sang in a lot of choirs when I was mm-hmm. in high school too, and that was when I first started to understand, like what music really was. Mm-hmm. Was how it was. You know, it's it's not about notes. It's about kind of like conveying an emotion, like from one person to another?
0: You know, the funny thing for me is like, I felt like I learned the opposite in school. So I felt like I learned that it needs to be this way. And it wasn't, it felt, it felt like you had to, how do I explain this? Um, I felt like you were connecting the dots of an emotion rather than letting the emotion flow. And I just kept feeling like, but I I just don't feel like I'm saying what I want to, say with these songs the way we're doing it. And as much as I loved choir, I had a hard time with it because I never felt like I was quite being able to say it how I wanted to say it. I don't know. That's funny that you mentioned that cuz like I felt it but I didn't feel it it was like a reverse.
1: It was like you felt of... it in opposition to what yeah. you were learning yeah. in choir. Yeah. Like in choir you were learning like there's a way to do it and this is how you do it, which is a way that a lot of people approach music. Yeah. Yeah. Like You play the notes and you sing them right, and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Which is not really, to me, what music is, but it sounds like you were feeling something kind of like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't feel right to me. Do you think that hearing that song when you were in high school helped you kind of
0: understand what you wanted music to do? I think so, and I think that might, you know, I've never thought of it. Oh my God, (laughs) Revelations! Um... I think that might be why I loved jazz music so much. It it was close to what we were doing. There were standards, you know, everybody sung the same songs. But to hear Frank here sing a song this way, Ella sings Misty, and it's like, it just like penetrates through my heart. And, you know, I hear Nat King Cole, and I was listening to Michael Buble and all this stuff. And you hear how they they just twist and turn these songs into something different every single time to fit what they are trying to like to fit their version of that emotion. Right. And, um, I guess I just never quite felt like I could do that when I was in choir. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because I listened to so much of it, it started making me be like, that's not what we're
2: doing here. (laughs) Too misty and too
1: There's Misty and there's Ella Fitzgerald. Yes.
0: And then there's Mariah. (laughs) Mariah! Oh, man. Old school Mariah Carey. Every time Always Be My Baby comes on, I literally, I start singing along. If someone's talking to me, we're not going to have a conversation for about (laughs) three minutes. It just it puts me in the best mood in the whole universe but i would sing along with it every time it came on the radio and i remember it was short enough to where i could stand in my parents van and i remember i would go up between the two you know the driver and the passenger seat and i would just be singing and dancing to this song and i just i loved it i thought i thought it was just the best song in the whole world
2: So
1: you were like a like a kid kid when you I heard it. I feel
0: like I was a kid. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up with a different song, but I remember just, I remember singing. Maybe I was like, you know, maybe I was crouching a little bit. I don't know. I told you, I cannot remember where I heard, first heard these songs, but I just remember being around my parents and singing that song i do remember one time though i my uh god sister and i i was singing that song to her and she was like oh those aren't the words i was like yeah it is it's the words and and now i think back i'm like those weren't even words it was like some they were mumbo jumbo like it wasn't any it wasn't english words at all. do you remember what they were it was the it's a it's a big word that she uses in there is it like you'll always be a part of me and yeah, I'll be with you indefinitely? Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah, but and it I was, was <laughs> I was not saying indefinitely. I was like inevitably, <laughs> or something. It was just like not a word. You'll be a part of me.
2: I'm part of me. Boy, don't you, know you
0: indefinitely. She was she's like maybe 5 years older than me and so she had heard the word indefinitely at that point and she was like no it's indefinitely and i was like no it's inevitably <laughs> i was like duh was like listen to-, to this song she's saying it
2: she's yeah
0: saying it it was, it yeah it was, she, she i remember she was like okay whatever <laughs> i'm done with you child and i won't
2: beg you to stay if you're determined i will not stand in your way
1: you know because there's a lot of songs in the world yeah. right so I'm, I'm wondering what
0: about that song was the i think hit you i think it was one of the maybe it was one of the first times where i heard somebody just do so much like vocal acrobatics like she's all over the map she's in her falsetto she's in her full voice she's like really high she gets really low and she's just all over the place and i thought that
2: was amazing <laughs>
0: Harmonies were beautiful. Um, and then she'd always do something different over this, like, I don't know, her. I always think of, like, um, it's because I watched Ray, but like in that movie, how he would have, and they used to always do this, but how they'd have their background singers around one mic, like, you know, to the right of them, behind them, and there's like four people there, and they're just always singing, like, these woop woo little things behind them. And so I'd always imagine that in her songs and she, but she'd always do something different over it and i thought that was just exciting and really really cool
1: An, it's an interesting song because it's about being left <laughs> isn't it you know <laughs> he's like like it's about a she's like i know you have to go but don't worry i'm gonna sing this completely upbeat song about how you're gonna be back and you'll always be my baby like if you let them let them fly, fly,
0: fly, well, fly they come and back, come back then, and whatever that quote you know it's is. a whole thing yeah yeah
1: yeah but i wonder if it I mean, when you kind of go, if you circle back to you know Ella and talking about emotion, it's like Mariah Carey does a really good job of conveying this kind of like,
0: like I love you regardless. Yeah, it's it doesn't really like I know you're leaving, but it's it's that it's that ideal type of love, right? Like where no matter what happens, like you truly love this person and you just want them to be happy. So if you're gonna leave. Like, it makes me sad, but I'm going to be happy that you're happy, I guess. And um, I I think a lot of the stuff that I write, I try, I, I don't even really try to, but I do have an undertone of regardless of what's happening, everything will work out the way it's supposed to be, which is kind of, which is what I think. I really do believe that things are, things will happen as they are meant to happen. You know, you can do your best to push them in a certain direction, but if it's not the right time or if it's not the right thing it just won't happen and that's just you know that's that's life that's kind of how i feel and yeah and you know i've I've never really been the one to speak up on my own and just like raise my hand and be like yeah this is what i think so music really is my vehicle so i guess these songs that especially these two songs and these two women what they did with their careers i mean old school mariah carey <laughs> we have to highlight that part um I think, yeah, I think there was something very special about the music that they were making at that time. And and it really, it helped me understand kind of who I wanted to be, you know, with with or without music. I want to be able to convey things that connect with people.
1: Well, and I wonder, like, um, because you talked about Ella Fitzgerald earlier and about how she was, you know, a black woman at a time when, like, it was not socially mm-hmm. advantageous in any way to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a woman of color. You're making music. In this moment where, you know, some people seem to really want to be turning the clock back on a, you know, yeah. to the time that Ella Fitzgerald, you know, was singing. Mm-hmm. Like, people kind of are thinking about that time as a real uh, ideal.
2: Yeah,
0: which doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of... Quiet sentiments have become vocal um, over the past year, two, maybe three, um, especially. But um, I, I'm a firm believer in in that there's more good in this world than bad, and so I think that the more um, that all of us speak up for those good things for the the positivity for the unity and the love and all that i think i think the less space it will have but i think it's its sentiments that these people have had for a long time and now they're over time you know lately they've been feeling like it's okay for me to voice them and i think it's better that they're voiced because you can't You can't address a problem until you know that there's a problem. So if someone is being like, yeah, I have these thoughts that are going to send us back to 1930, we're like, "Okay, let's talk about it. (laughs) At least now we know it's here. You know, we can we can do stuff about that. So, I, I mean, as terrible as as it may be, I think it's it's good in the fact that we can do something about it. Did it did that influence your writing for this new record at all? Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's one song on there called uh, "Worries," where I'm basically just like venting like most of the song, um, and you know yeah, it it addresses you know like you know I, <laughs> there's a line in there that says, "What if I have a son and what if he gets shot by a sh- by a coward dressed like a cop?" And you know it's it just addresses those types of things because they're real things. But I think the more we can talk about them, the more we can do about it. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I just think it's really important. But um, yeah, I try to, And but the the end of that song is that, you know, music, love is my religion. And so when I worry, I, I pray, which is singing, you know? So it's like, yeah, these, this is how I feel. There's a lot of things that I worry about, but at the end of the day, I believe in love. Con- conquering all as cliche as, may, as that may sound
1: Love rules. and this is Push from Maylott's new record move me to the present and dude I cannot get that Mariah Carey jam out of my head I've been singing it constantly to my kids like I think we're about to enter a serious Mariah phase in my house. And you know, that song always does make you feel good, as does Maylot's music. So I'm glad that's her thing, letting people know it's going to be all right, because I don't know about you, I need a lot of that right now. And that's it. You've come to the end of another episode of this song, This song is a production of 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. This interview was edited by Dave Sanger, also known as my awesome husband. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Aaron Waltz is our social media intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own hard proof. Right on. Thanks for listening.